WMCHD3 Detroit, KMPS HD3 Seattle, WBMX HD3 Boston, and on AOL Radio and Yahoo Launchcast. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now 248 545 Soul. New SkyRadio.com. What does afterlife really mean? Will we see our deceased loved ones again? Do UFOs take us to heaven? Well, hello there. It is the 439th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I'm Paul, and Ben is uh, not in studio tonight, but we're going to try some high technology here, and he's probably going to be calling in uh, to the studio, and uh, we're going to see if we can't put him on that way. Uh, but anyway, in the meantime, I'm kind of on my own here. We're having an open line show this evening to suggest answers to your questions. So let's have at those emails. Question number one for people, for some people anyway, might be what happened to our show website, BehindTheParanormal.com. We were told midweek that we suffered a probable cyber attack and that a number of our podcasts were strangely deleted from the site. Podcasts are the main reason that people use the site, I guess. Now, remember, remember we had a, uh, I, I should say, however, we have a newly designed site up and running, and it was that was done within 36 hours, which I think is pretty good, and nearly 500 podcasts are being restored as quickly as we can upload them, so thank you for your patience. Uh, we have all of 2013, all of 2012, and we're most of the way through 2011 at this point, and just stay with it. We'll probably be all set by the end of the week. All the Rendlesham, or most of the Rendlesham specials have been uploaded. There are a couple of private interviews to go and a few other things. But anyway, most of the things are, uh, will be there uh, shortly if they're not there already. Uh, another question has been about our quarterly newsletter. Uh, that is quite late, and that's my fault. Uh, being a professional editor, I produce the newsletter by myself, and it's free, as are the podcasts, and I have no time. So please be patient with that, too. I know a lot of people have been signing up for that. Okay, so... Let's uh, get to those emails then. Uh, here's one. That's the first one. Is about what happened to the. Oh, okay. Here's, this is one about the website. Uh, I love your new website. Oh, this is from Shana in Las Vegas, Nevada. I love your new website. It is much easier to navigate and very attractive. Thank you. But it is hard to find the link to this question form. Maybe you could put a link on it uh, to it on the home page. Um, Oh, okay. Well, there is a question. Uh, that is done, actually. There is, a, there is now a link on the homepage to the question form, and it, it, the whole thing should be easier to navigate. Anyway, uh, Shana goes on. My question is, if there are so many good worlds, as you call them, and that's where ghosts are, why do so many ghosts seem lost and miserable, at least the ones I meet? I am a medium. All right. Well, good for you, Shana. All right. Well, that's um, – that. I think you, you might – need to listen to more podcasts there, Shana, because this is not exactly how it seems to work. Um, ghosts, first, I, I don't believe in, in ghosts. In, in most cases, I don't believe in ghosts in the usual sense. I don't believe that they're spirits. I believe that they're people in parallel worlds. That's my experience over the last four plus decades of researching this. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's how I experience it. There's, there's a lot of physicality there, and you're not going to get that with spirits, quote unquote. So what I think you're talking about many good worlds, there, there are all kinds of worlds. As a matter of fact, every world that can be conceived of exists somewhere or somewhere in this multiverse that quantum physics, some of it anyway, and some of its experts postulate. 
I am no expert in that. I am the one who, one of the ones who has, has experienced this from the trenches. So there are, I, as I can, can testify, many sorts of people you will run into in paranormal work or even in your daily life who might be paranormal. Um, so what I'm saying here is, is that um, why are so many ghosts lost and miserable? Well, I have run into plenty uh, who are not at all. Most, and this is because they're not spirits or remnants of anything, they're the actual people, bodies and all, going about their daily lives in worlds that are parallel to ours, so to speak. Uh, most of them seem completely oblivious to us. And when they do see us or experience us or know we're there, they will usually, as in my experience, see us as ghosts themselves because they have similar beliefs in their worlds because what else could these things be? We, we didn't have any conception in the Western world uh, until you get, go back quite a ways to the days of the shamans about this multiverse. So uh, they don't all seem lost and miserable. I run into plenty that are very positive uh, plenty who are, uh, as I say, oblivious, and uh, some, mo most of them seem to be just people going about their, their uh, daily lives. Now, of course, you have situations, and you as a medium, I don't know if you're legitimate or not, I will give you the benefit of the doubt, certainly, I don't know who you are, certainly people will run into these, and they seem very, um, well, I don't know, as you say, lost and miserable, and they do seem to be confused, and all the stuff that, ma that that 19th century spiritualism would tell you about a lost soul. Well, look around you. Look among the people you know in your family and the street, and unfortunately, there are plenty of lost souls, and they're not ghosts. So I think that the, the, this condition can affect humanity no matter where or when it might be uh, in uh, this uh, world or the parallel ones and the thing to remember too and we'll get into this later is and we have having plenty of other shows is that there are lots and lots of versions of us out there just as there are many many versions of good bad and in different worlds and uh, but it's all us all of it and we have a share in what I call the unity in my last book and this is a matter of something that you really have to kind of grasp before you even begin to understand any of these things like what ghosts are, where they are, what are they doing, why are they this way, why are they that way. And um, But I do find that when people do get their minds around it, it's aha, I kind of knew it all along or this is what it's all about, this explains it. That's my experience anyway, so I hope that, that answers your question, Shana. Thank you for writing. Didn't mean to... Uh, impugn your mediumship. There are plenty of good ones out there, although I'm not sure they all understand what they're really doing. Okay, here is... Uh, oh, here's one from uh, Donna in Connecticut. Donna is an official show reporter, and she just sends a comment that I find is one that echoes my own feelings at times. Uh, quote, boiling over while switching through channels tonight. Uh, Southern Paranormal... Quote, is there anyone in here who can tell us who you are? Unquote. Paranormal Collector. I never heard of that one. Is, I don't watch these things. Is there anyone who can tell us who you are? Unquote. The Haunting. Quote, is there anyone? Unquote. Well, Donna goes on. You get the picture. It's bad enough that so many bizarre things are happening and evil is just being unleashed. And now all these so-called groups are summoning more junk. Just hope to, just had to vent. Hope you are doing well. Well, thank you, Donna. I uh, feel your pain on that one for sure. And here's a rather long one, and it is, uh, interestingly, and if I believe it is from Ava, 
Ava does not say where she's from, but it's, it's quite interesting, and there are a number of points here, so I'll take the time to go through it. We'll probably run into the break, but we'll continue, because I think it's very interesting. Okay. Uh, hello, Mr. Eno. I wanted to write to you and thank you for your wealth of info and, and contribution to us. I'm quite sure what that means. I guess what we give to the world or something in our little way. I don't know. I have been an avid follower of you and Ben for a few years now. I found you at a time when my life was in turmoil and I needed to know that we live on. My father passed away untimely. I can't begin to tell you how much I appreciate to learn from your work. Well, thank you very much. I hope that's, uh, just, I hope that's deserved. In my quest to heal my grief, I contacted a few mediums uh-oh, who were able to answer my questions and supposedly speak to my father, but I really need your help and understanding. Are mediums real? Do they really speak to our loved ones? And I'll pause there and try and answer that. Well, again, there are mediums and there are mediums. Uh, there is a, you'll mention later on that you're connected with a church somehow, and uh, most Christian denominations do not like mediums. And you might say, well, you might have a cynical approach. Well, that's because of the priests are afraid for their job security. But the priests don't do that either. The priests are not what kind of got started with religion, and that's the shamans. I think our religious practice as it is today started way, way, way back with shamans and people who were in touch with the supernatural. Priests and and all clergy are administrators of the dogma and administrators of the worship, the liturgy, or, or the teaching. They're not in contact with the supernatural uh, in in the ancient sense of the term, and when anybody else seems to be, they kind of don't like it. Uh, the role of shaman is pretty much fill, fulfilled in modern religions by mystics, maybe monks, uh, this sort of thing. In in the Jewish religion, there's the Kabbalah, uh, which is sort of an acquired taste, according to my Jewish friends. Sometimes, anyway, uh, these are all things that this is why we are the way we are. But mediums kind of stand out. They're not, they don't have any particular religious affiliation or uh, anything of that kind, although they might say they do. And it's a matter of um, some um, of belief. My rule is pretty much if you do not detect or pick up love and compassion from someone who is claiming to put you in touch with parallel worlds, uh, then I think you should see a red flag. On the other hand, I think that we are our own best mediums. Most people go to mediums because they've lost, lost loved ones. You have not lost your loved ones. It, and, of course, you say, well, I went to the funeral. Of course I did. Well, <clears throat> when my mother died, in, or, or I don't even, we even say died. We say translated in 2011. All kinds of people wrote to us and said, okay, wise guy, you're always telling everybody what to do when they're loved ones. What, what are you, how do you handle a loss? I said, I don't feel a loss. It's not that she is with us. It's that we are with her in many, many parallel worlds where she never died. And the general trend of the consciousness of people who are positive is that they're more in touch with worlds where things are positive than they are in worlds where things are negative. There are plenty of worlds in which you are dying in a concentration camp, or, or God forbid, or, or all these other things. But if you are a positive person, then that negativity, you are less in touch with that part of yourself. Because that's all in your subconscious, all these parallel lives, I believe. And I think that when 
you have lost someone here. You are much more than here. You are much more than this consciousness. You are much more than this world. <clears throat> you are in many of these worlds. And again, that's the toughest thing for the Western mind to get through. I'm me. I got one body, one personality. That's it, period. Well, that's completely wrong. You are a, a huge super person. As a matter of fact, you're not just all yourselves in all these parallel worlds. You are everyone. We are all everyone. Each of us is a unique expression of all of us. And all of us is a unique expression of each of us. Think of it that way. So you have not lost anybody here, Ava. Um, you must, I would say, not must, but, but you, you would be far better off uh, not going to mediums and going to your, yourself, uh, within yourself in meditation. Quiet the mind. Nothing will, will blow this out of the water worse than the chatter that constantly goes in uh, in, uh, along in, goes, goes along in our minds. And what you should do, of course, is to quiet that. That is step number one. I got a whole book about this, or at least a whole chapter about it, uh, in turning home. But uh, I would say you can't get the right answers when you're asking the wrong questions. All right, so in any case, uh, we are coming up on a break here, and uh, we will continue with Ava's letter, which continues to be very interesting. And uh, we were listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and, well, Paul Eno tonight, Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio. Ben is not with us, but should be calling in. We'll be right back to continue our open line show with the letter from Ava and her very good questions. Stay with us. Enlighten. Empower. Enrich. This is CBS Radio's The New Sky. New horizons. No boundaries. Friday night, I'm going nowhere. All the lights are changing, green to red. Turning over TV stations, situations running through my head. Looking back through time, you know it's clear that I've been blind, I've been a fool. Open up my heart to all that jealousy, that bitterness, that ridicule. Saturday, I'm running wild, and all the lights are changing, red to green. Moving through the crowds, I'm pushing, chemicals are rushing in my bloodstream. I only wish that you were here, you know I'm seeing it so clear, I've been afraid To show you how I really feel, admit to some of those bad mistakes I've made And if you want it, come and get it, crying out loud The love that I Never in doubt. Let go of your heart, let go of your head, and fail it now. Let go of your heart, let go of your head, and fail it now. Babylon. 
CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal. With Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOUL. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. Well, welcome back. And we're continuing with our open line show this evening. We are continuing also with a very interesting letter from Ava, who is asking a number of questions. She asks, are mediums real? And uh, maybe yes, maybe no. And do they really speak to our loved ones? That's a good question. You'll often see mediums who will tell you things you already know, of course, but things that really only you could know that were, I guess in Ava's case, certainly something that perhaps was between her and her father that, that only that would be known in the family or with the father. Uh, that happens very frequently uh, with mediums. Now, that doesn't mean they're talking to the loved ones. It means, that, in my opinion, that they're in touch with where where in the multiverse they are the loved one, which I suppose in a way is the same thing. But most, very few of them, some of them get it, but most of the ones uh, I've talked to have no clue this is actually what they're doing. As a matter of fact, I had um, one period where someone was determined to make me a psychic. Okay, that's that not what I do. But, you know, I, I'm very perceptive. I do pick things up. So I think it's simply because hanging around the paranormal for 42 years, you, you, know, you pick up a few tips. But I found the experience of, of the sort of, uh, I don't know, what do they call them, readings or something. You know, I was very uncomfortable doing that. And one of the reasons I was uncomfortable was because I would, I knew what I was doing. I would seek, seek to become the person and where I was them, where our consciousnesses were one in the multiverse. I couldn't always do it, but most of the time I could. It was a, it was a terrifying experience. It was I, I, it was unbelievably intimate and something I was not comfortable with. And I just I don't know I I, I couldn't I couldn't handle it. So if this is what they're doing and they, and if they're really doing that and they can handle it, I kind of respect them. But I think that they are uh, speaking if when they're legitimate, and that's a big if. Uh, they're speaking as your loved one, I think, in the sense that they are putting themselves uh, even subconsciously in touch with where they are, that loved one. And as far as actually speaking to them, uh, you're the best one to do that. Uh, I, I hear from people all the time who, have, who uh, encounter their loved ones. They realize that they're encountering, whether it be dreams, waking life, meditation, they're encountering them where they never died. I mean, why else are they wearing clothes or even talking? How can you talk without vocal cords I mean, if you don't have a body? Things like that doesn't that don't seem to occur to people, and I think that uh, that can be very fulfilling. But but there are times when the loved one is perfectly fine, but you don't communicate at all. There's no sense of presence, uh, and that's because they they the uh, con- where their consciousness uh, has passed to. They have better things to do. Um, I should say not better things, but more important things, which I guess are better. But you might say, well, what's better than talking to your loved ones? Well, you're there too with them in many of these worlds. So it's not you putting yourself in touch with them. You put yourself in touch with yourself. And then you'll be with them again. 
that's really how it works. Okay, another section that Ava writes, uh, would we join our loved ones again? Well, I think I just answered that. Yes. Would we reincarnate together? Well, that assumes that reincarnation is at what we think it is in the classical Western mind. Well, I don't think it is. Simply, well, I started thinking that when I realized that Einstein and many other physicists, particularly the quantum physicists, have pretty much blown out of the water the notion of um, uh, time. Time is not past to future as we experience it. As a matter of fact, just about everything we experience with our five senses is wrong. Uh, that's the motto of this show. Everything you know is wrong. Well, that's why. Time does not seem to pass from p past to future. It is simultaneous. All things that have occurred and will occur are simultaneous. And all things that ever could occur in any possible scenario seem to exist simultaneously, if this theory is correct. And much of the math really bears this out. Nothing has really contradicted this idea. Now, so a reincarnation is, I think, a passé idea in the sense of dying and then coming back in another body in the future. And I um, have often talked with reincarnation specialists and regression therapists, people who will hypnotize you and bring you back to supposed parallel lives, I should say, past lives. And I will ask them, do you ever encounter a subject who tells you it's a date in the future? Because they will always question what year is it and all this. So it was, um, I was quite the, uh, supr not surprised, I should say, to receive answers many times that uh, were funny you should say that. Somebody last week told me it was some, you know, date in the 23rd century or some other thing that didn't even seem like a date. It had letters in it and other symbols and all. And so uh, I think that, that is an, another bit of evidence, if that kind of hypnotism is legitimate, that you've got parallel lives and simultaneous lives rather than uh, past to future lives. L look at the whole business of reincarnation from the sense of, uh, we say a lot of the fears we have in this life, suppose you're afraid of butterflies or something. Well, they say, well, probably in a past life you were frightened by a butterfly or it bit you or something. I don't know. But anyway, I, that, that, that's the usual explanation. But I think that in a parallel life to which you are connected, it's all you, you have had a bad experience somehow with a butterfly. Maybe it scared you or, I don't know, whatever, died maybe even. So I think that that's, that's essentially how it works. I suppose it's six of one half dozen of the other. But the idea of reincarnating together is irrelevant because it's the wrong question. And I think what's happening is that you are together in parallel worlds, parallel lives. And you always will be. So I mean, that's not, that's not uh, platitudes and... Uh, sort of a feel-good stuff, it seems to be literally, mathematically true. Uh, Ava goes on. Do you think that everything happens for a reason and we plan our lives before? Okay, I uh, think you mean plan our lives before in the sense, do we in a previous life plan our future life? Well, I, I or, may, or maybe she doesn't mean that. I have referred to pl uh, planning or organizing your own afterlife, and I, I wish I had never done that because everybody writes in, how can we never talk about that? Well, I talk about it all the time. It's not a matter of uh, building your own afterlife in the sense of an afterlife because afterlife is, again, an irrelevant term. It doesn't mean anything because there is no such thing. There's just life. I mean, life after what? Okay, life after bodily death. I mean, bodily death is nothing. The, the, the tree stays alive when the leaf falls off and everything, every leaf on the tree is you. What's the difference? 
Um, and in other worlds, parallel worlds, the physical laws may be extremely different. You may have a very different body. You may be what we would know as an alien or something uh, in that sense, in the, in the air, I should say, in the, in the popular sense. So again, uh, I don't know if, if these ideas are, are entirely uh, relevant. I think, yeah, I think everything happens for a reason. And as a matter of fact, people will often say, and I feel it myself, that it, it's, it seems as though something is kind of in control sometimes, for better or for worse. I think that feeling comes from the realization down deep in all of us, whether we know about the multiverse or not, that we have connections to someone beyond ourselves, okay? Yes, I definitely believe in a personal God. However, I think there's also a personal us in the sense of all these other us's that are all us in the sense of, of being a one, one being and that in many of these worlds, again, the laws of, physically, uh, laws of physics can be different. And what we're um, uh, experiencing is essentially ourselves helping ourselves. Because in many of these worlds, we are aware, we are very aware of other worlds, we're aware of our other selves much more vividly than we are here. And we, we can do a little, you know, kind of help influence and this kind of thing, uh, kind of steer in the right direction. And I think this might be where we get some of our stories of spirit guides and guardian angels. It might actually be you helping yourself. Um, and not, I'm, it's not that I don't believe in guardian angels. I do because I, I tell you, I've been really helped by them. But they, could, they too are an aspect of yourself because oh, this unity is indiscriminate. It's not just humans. So, yeah, I think everything happens for a reason. And uh, I think our, our, our life, has, as it goes, is planned in our subconscious. I believe we have free choice because all the choices exist in the multiverse. But I think that we, um, if, if our subconscious is in touch with the, wis the wisest lives we are living, that wisdom and knowledge will come through in, every, in many, many different lives. Okay? So... Um, yeah, I think it's planned beforehand. I think it's planned in our subconscious, which is quite a, a universal and, and, and galactic sort of a, of a thing. And Ava uh, goes on. I don't know if I am to be blamed for his death, meaning her father's death, because I had purchased some paranormal items from eBay to challenge, quote-unquote, if they were real. They meaning, I'm not sure what, spirits or paranormal realm. And I don't know if that brought negative energy into our lives. Okay, I'll stop there. Well, I'm sure that that you cannot be blamed for his death. Uh, I will tell a story tomorrow night on our Boston show about whether about an experience I had that I really felt responsible for someone's death, and that was that of my own father, much like you feel. Uh, probably not like you feel quite, Ava, because in this case it was suicide. It was a hideous thing. I was only a little kid. Anyway, uh, more about that later. But um, she goes on, um, I, I, I don't think, you brought some, it's never good to bring this stuff into your home. Uh, whether a negative energy is attracted by it depends not just on the items being negative, but on you being negative. I've known people who have lived in houses where, um, you know, who are, they're so positive, negative things have happened, there, but the people themselves are so positive that, that nothing can, can come through. You have to make a connection with these things, uh, much as you do with yourself in the multiverse, because all this stuff is part of you, too. So I don't think you uh, are justified there in, in that kind of a fear. And uh, she goes on, my father had a fear of hospitals, and he died there from a medical error. That's horrible. Uh, we ignored his feeling. 
I guess about being afraid of hospitals. Well, believe me, I think just from a practical standpoint, if you'd let him stay in bed and he died, I mean, you would, you would have felt more responsible than if he was in the hospital. If he died from a medical error, you not only have a giant lawsuit, probably, uh, you also, um, uh, you know, did, did the right thing in bringing him to the hospital. I think so. I mean, there's very little. There's no blame there for you. Everyone seemed to act weird, and I could not think properly. Well, who can in that situation when, when you're worried about the, the, uh, the loved one suffering? Uh, also, Ava goes on, I began to have vivid dreams of coffins, and when he was in the hospital, I knew when he was in danger. Uh, anyway, sorry to babble. You're not babbling at all, Ava. I'm glad you wrote. Uh, well, vivid dreams of coffins, I mean, that depends what we're in touch with. I mean, that could mean nothing. It could mean, you know, I, mean, I, just, I just don't see any, any, any connection here to... Uh, any fault on your part, of course not. I mean, you have a family and all this. I mean, they're, they're natural feelings, however, I know. And Ava goes on, he was a priest and followed Jesus' teachings of compassion and forgiveness. That's very interesting. Uh, being the daughter of a priest, I, I must assume he was an Orthodox priest because uh, the Orthodox Church doesn't have the celibacy requirement and lots of the priests I know have families, including my dear cousin, Father Anthony Perkins, who was uh, with us uh, very often as a guest host on the other show. And it's been a guest on this one as well. Uh, Eva goes on. He was gentle and kind, and I feel like he probably could be classified in the same category of those selfless people who are killed. I keep battling with the idea that his death could have been prevented and energy intercepted, but then I hear that it was supposed to happen this way. Okay, uh, I'm going to leave it at that for our break uh, and come back to that. You're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Ben is supposed to be here shortly, I'm, I just heard. And uh, we'll be right back on CBS New Sky Radio with Ava's letter. And it seems to be a whole show about Ava, but hey, there are good questions. So we'll uh, be right back. Enlighten. Empower. Enrich. This is CBS Radio's The New Sky. New horizons. No boundaries. Smile on your brother, everybody get together. Try 
CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal. With Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOL. New skyradio.com. Believe. Well, welcome back. And we are continuing with our very interesting letter from Ava. And I'm going to go over the last sentence again. Uh, quote, I keep battling with the idea that his death, is referring to the death of her father for which she feels she has some blame, uh, could have been prevented and energy intercepted, but then I hear that it was supposed to happen this way. I'm curious who you heard this from, Ava. I'm assuming the mediums. Uh, what do they know half the time? I don't know. They, they uh, Supposed to happen this way. Things, things, things always happen, I suppose, the way they're supposed to. And I wouldn't, um, again, be, be worried about that. You have other things to do. Uh, for a while, we felt his presence. Alarms would go off. Non-service dead cell phones would ring. A white dove came to the door two days after he died. My mother would have vivid dreams of him in the early mornings. Well, that kind of stuff happens to me every day. I don't know uh, if there's any connection. But certainly feeling his presence, uh, if there was a world connection, which there usually is, you have sort of collateral things that occur. I often describe uh, my opinion, uh, very often when we have ghost-type people on the show, not ghosts, of course, but <laughs> although who knows, uh, the people who are into that field, that uh, people always assume, they assume everything, people always assume that when the alarm goes off or when the dead cell phone rings or the white dove comes to the door, that this is because the uh, loved one or the entity or whatever they, they consider it to be did it. All right. Uh, I've been in pol- even poltergeist situations where I've been hit by flying objects and things flying around the room, even people being thrown across the room. It isn't necessarily, in my opinion, the entity that's doing it. It is the energies, I believe, in most cases, that, that accompany the presence of the entity. What are these energies? Well, when worlds blend, which is, I think, what has to happen for you to experience anything paranormal, particularly an entity... You're kind of half in their world, and they're kind of half in yours. That's why they're afraid of you most of the time, because they think you're a ghost if they know you're there at all. And I think what's happening is that the energies that affect space and time, the electromagnetic fields that do weird things, uh, m- make it seem that as though they, and probably you in their world, are manipulating space and time, or making alarms go off, because everything seems to be electrical. 
there are all sorts of electrical phenomena associated with this, and you name some, the alarms and the, the uh, dead cell phones and this kind of thing. See this all the time. Uh, the white dove, well, fine. You know, that, that, that's, that's a beautiful thing. I think it's certainly a good sign. And the dreams, well, that, that, that's sort of a natural thing, too. So I think it might be, there might have been some connection there. And hey, here's Ben. I got you all hooked up there, Fred. Oh, hold on a second. All right, there we go. We're good. Okay, good, good. We're reading a very long but very, very interesting letter from Ava, whose father, I suspect, was an Orthodox priest, because she uh, mentions that. And uh, we're most of the way through here, and we're talking about uh, uh, the phenomena of uh, dead cell phones ringing and th- after he died and, and uh, alarms going off and this kind of thing. Interesting. And I was telling uh, her that that still happens to us every day. Oh, yeah. I got two calls today from somebody who didn't call me. <laughs> you know. There we and, go. Yeah, exactly. And vivid dreams. Oh, that's fine. Uh, or did you mention Dave Kane? Uh, no. Yeah, yeah. When um, trying to he remember. He called me yesterday too, but he was actually there. Oh yeah. Well, after shortly after the Station Nightclub uh, tragedy, about oh what was that like? Oh three, February oh three. Yeah, oh three. So about ten years ago. Yeah. Oh, God rest him. But um, yeah. He he said like the night of like or was it the day after or the night of he got a he got a call from. Uh, it was the day after. I couldn't remember if it was the night after or the day after, but one of the one of those times. It was after the disaster, and he got a he got a phone call from um, from his uh, son Nikki, who was the youngest person to pass during the uh, station nightclub fire, and so he he said he picked up the phone and didn't hear anybody there, and he was saying like, oh, well, like uh, Nikki, are you there? Are you there? And nothing, the, the, dead. The, the ID came up on the phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He picked up. No one was there, and the uh, firefight. He thought one of the firefighters picked up the phone, and it was, and it just started ringing. They didn't. They found the phone. The phone was dead. Like it, it, it was like destroyed. <laughs> right. It, uh, well, actually, well, yeah, it didn't even work. And yeah, th- that began a long series of communications based on the number forty-one. And Dave wrote a book about it. He's been on the uh, show, a guest on this show once, and the other show several times. And very, very interesting uh, thing, and he's a, he's a dear friend of ours, and we, uh, he's worked with a number of people you might know, and it's an interesting phenomenon. Uh, so anyway, Ava goes on, I would dream, I'll, I'll let you take the next section, Ben. I would dream of him sitting at a table with the family, etc. prior to his passing. Uh, my cousin dreamt of him sitting at a table with my ancestors. So that's interesting. Dave, uh, Dave Kane had, um, was told by mediums and stuff that he, well, we talked about the whole medium thing. Oh, right. Yes. Uh, that he was in a classroom, Nikki was, yes. teaching others how to deal with or how to help their, their loved ones or how to deal with, with, with the, the, all this business. Hmm. And, you know, I often say, oh, my gosh, give me a break. But then, you know, I think of the multiverse theories and it's perfectly it's an entirely, possible. Yeah, it's entirely possible. It's entirely possible, sure. Anyway, uh, do you think he can see and hear us? This is uh, going back to Ava's uh, letter reference to a father. Do you think he can see and hear us? Uh, would he get hungry and thirsty? Should I leave him food? Would lighting a candle help him? All interesting questions. Do you think he can see and hear us? Well, of, of, in, from certain worlds, of course he can see and hear us if he, if he does the better things to do, but there are always worlds, I think, where people are enlightened and are aware of other aspects of themselves that includes their loved ones oh, and yeah. other worlds. Totally. So, so yeah. Uh, would he get hungry and thirsty? Sure. Uh, I remember the guy in... Um, uh, Yonkers, New York, 1975, before I really understood what all this stuff was. Um, or at least I think that I understand what it is. <clears throat> he was uh, thought of as a ghost by the people in this particular house. Now, when I encountered him, I never, never try and communicate. And I'm not doing the medium thing. However, I sat and sort of 
quieted myself, and he was afraid of me. He thought I, he saw all he saw was a mist. He thought I was a, a ghost. He saw me a, as a mist in a corner of a church where he said he was, and he was he was eating. He couldn't get out of the church. He was he was eating food in the apparently the church basement, a kitchen down there. And that's how he was eating. And so this guy was no spirit. I mean, for heaven's sake. Uh, and uh, to make a long story short, he was apparently, as I interpreted it, transitioning from one consciousness into another. He apparently had gone down on a plane uh, for Santa, maybe. But I mean, you know, he doesn't need that. Not, you know, in this particular realm anymore. Uh, would lighting a candle help him? Well, I, I've heard. What have you heard about candles? I've heard that they can. The Warrens used to. Ed Lorraine Warren, who my one of my early two of my early mentors. Well, like what kind be, of candles are we talking about here? I don't know. We like, know about like, candles. You're, you're like, the shaman type. Like scented candles? Like what? No, I don't know. Uh, well, people. Well, that's another thing. They're often scents. I don't really know much. Of, I don't know much about candles myself. Okay. Well, well, I know that. Uh, they're always used in positive situations. So, yeah, you can light a candle at his memory. They do that in churches all the time. There's no problem with that. Yeah. Okay. Um, there we go. If you want to read the last part. Alrighty. So uh, she goes on to say, I am sorry to ask all these questions, but I really, Not really would appreciate if uh, you can help me understand or know what happened to my dad or where he might be. We miss him so much, and I really wish he could be with us. I just want to make sure he uh, that we don't have some other spirit who is pretending to be him uh, speaking to us through mediums or dreams or doing things around the house. Uh, strange things have been happening sometimes, uh, seeing a person looking like him or speaking to someone on the phone who helped me in a strange way. Uh, Paul, thanks so much for your radio show. Best of health to best of health and love to your family, and please don't ever end your shows. Well, I'm never going to meet that. Nothing goes on forever. However, Ava... Um well, just to touch on some of these things, and Ben may want to as well. Uh, naturally, you miss him. Um, I think I've pretty much explained what I feel is is actually going on. Uh, but I think your concern about having some other spirit or entity who is pretending to be him speaking to us is very uh, sensible. It's very sensible. I'm into that all the time. People, especially at the time of loss, people want to. What's up? They believe in or some they, sort they of they hope. They want the person back, you know, and yeah. they'll grab anything. And they don't realize that there are all kinds of worlds where the person never died and they're still with them, and they're all very aware of it. And uh, I would say um, just be very careful. I think your heart really will tell you whether you're, you know, what's actually going on here. Um, but make sure it's your heart, not wish fulfillment. You know, after when we're in grief, we really want these things to happen. But again, you know, with uh, with my mother's passing, and Ben can echo this. I think it was a, a, a great joy. To know that she was uh, out of her pain, and that we we just felt, um, you know, that we're uh, we're with her. Not that she's with us. We're with her. That's that's essentially how it works. Uh, seeing people looking like him, speaking to someone on the phone who helped me in a strange. Good. I mean, that's all good. So, so it all sounds pretty positive there, Ava. And um, you might want to listen to this podcast if if you feel our advice is worth taking and uh, and that and and you know get in touch with us again if you you feel anything's. Uh, you have any other questions? Yeah, exactly. But again, be very cautious and use your heart, not your wishful phone. Okay, one minute. All right. Uh, we have another. Oh, here's one from someone uh, in our local area, Steve. And he writes um, something I guess we'll discuss after the next break. Okay, there we go. No, we, we got two minutes. No, uh, no, 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 no. That clock's off. It is? Yes. Okay. 
All right. Well, so bad news. Yes. Okay. So uh, we should we do the outro. Do the outro? If you think we should. Ugh, fine. You listen to Behind <laughs> the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno right here on CBS New Sky Radio, newskyradio.com. Stay with us. Enlighten, empower, enrich. This is CBS Radio's The New Sky. New horizons, no boundaries. I thought I saw a man brought to life. He was warm, he came around like he was dignified. He showed me what it was to cry. Well, you couldn't be that man I adore. You don't seem to know, seem to care what your heart is for. I don't know him anymore There's nothing where he used to lie The conversation has run dry That's what's going on Nothing's fine, I'm torn I'm all out of faith This is how I feel I'm cold and I am shamed Lying naked on the floor CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal. With Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOUL. NewSkyRadio.com. Believe. Okay, and we're back, and I think we have time for one more email. This is a question about Bridgeport 1974 from Bill in Reston, Virginia. It's not quick at all. <laughs> no, but we'll see. I'll 
All right, so, uh, dear Paul and Ben, I recently discovered your show on the internet and was amazed to find out that Paul is the same Paul the seminarian that was in the paper during the Lindley Street poltergeist case of 1974. I was 12 years old at the time, and I was in the crowd outside the house that uh, that November, and I remember seeing you come out. Uh, When I saw your picture on the website, I still recognized you. Gosh. I have always had questions about that case. Uh, All of... All of us did. Uh, to to this day, many people are amazed that all that could have happened in such a small house. A tiny house. How do you explain that? And that's the first part. Okay. Well, it was a very small house. There are still a few pictures of it around. Um, it, it um, You'd be surprised what could happen in such a small space. In a way, it made it easier to tell that the little girl was not doing any of the stuff deliberately, uh, certainly, because that that's what the police were telling us at the end they came in and shut us down because they they just uh had to clear up the traffic as you remember from from the crowds there were according to the media up to 10,000 people outside that house and if you remember on the evening of the third night they had they cordoned uh the second night I should say they cordoned off each end of Lindley Street in Bridgeport in order to try and control this stuff, but the whole city was tied up. We were getting calls. Well, I was working with Ed Lorraine Warren on this, and Ed was really in charge, of course, and uh, he was getting calls from the press as far away as Australia, where we have a lot of listeners, Hong Kong and all these other places. So it was pretty wild. Um, but the size of the place doesn't make any difference. In a way, it uh, made it even weirder. Uh, we could see that the, the police were accusing the kid of, of like tossing furniture and refrigerators. I mean, it's completely ludicrous. It was dumber than what was actually, you know, than the explanations for what was actually happening. So, um, and it was actually happening because I was there. I saw the whole thing. So, there you had it. Oh, well, that is really quick. All right, so next part. Also, I am very taken by your explanation of what poltergeist, or what the poltergeist actually was, and that you had physical contact. I know what you say about uh, what happened to you there is true because my father knew two of the cops that were in the house with you, and they said they saw the same thing. Hmm. That's, yeah. not, that's not a question. It's a statement. Yeah. Uh, have you ever run into another case that was like that, or was the Lin- Lindley Street case unique? Uh, do you just want to go with that? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, actually, a year later, there was another case in the New Haven area, that w- Connecticut, that was very, if anything, worse there was far more destruction and by the by the time i got there i was called in by a a fellow uh, seminary student at the time or had been a fellow seminary student and it was really wild uh, but the press didn't get involved um i i never get the press involved which is ironic because i've been a member of the press for the last 30 odd years well you know you know how they are you think i know that's exactly that's why i don't call them in yeah especially today because none of them seems to know an awful lot with some exceptions of so uh, that case was much quieter in that sense, but it was just as rough uh, in, in, the, in um, the sense of the destruction and, and the problems with the family. But it did work out because the thing was pretty much uh, pretty much wound down by that time. All right. So uh, next portion of it is why did it happen there and not the house next door? Well, that's a good question. Actually, it probably did affect the house next door. We, I found out in the ensuing years that these things never affect one property, one house, whatever, uh, one 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 area. It's always uh, the whole area pretty much because there are geotechnical technic factors in here as a matter of fact the beginning of the bridgeport case the uh the city called in uh, uh experts in um seismology or actually at least city engineers who knew something about it because they were wondering if there was some kind of seismic thing going on and uh that may have been part of it maybe not seismic but geotechnic the kind of 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 uh rock even uh 
the height of the water table, under the, the kind of soil underneath a, a property will uh, it be better at conducting electromagnetic fields and other electromagnetic energy than other sorts of, uh, of uh, strata will. So as a result, you can have more, parent, more areas that are likely to have paranormal, more likely than others to have paranormal occurrences. Uh, so I think that it had you, uh, as a matter of fact, when, um, uh, here's an example. I went out of the, uh, the house uh, at one time. Uh, to, I actually pulled pe- people up because the energy was so strong. We had, we had to get out of the place. You could feel it in the air. The, the little girl had been thrown across the room by entities you could practically see. And that's because I had that physical contact with this, this parasite, as I believe it was. And I had pushed, it actually pushed against each other. It was quite a bizarre experience. I pulled the family out. And this is in the days before cell phones and all this. So I ran next door to use the telephone. Something followed me. And so it left that property completely, followed me over to the next house, and knocked on the door after I'd gone in to use the telephone. And uh, it was, um, you know, an, an indication that this has happened. And I've had entities literally get in the car with me, and they, they can only get to a certain point, some of them. Uh, but there is a danger at times, depending on the nature of the parasite and the species of it, that it could attach itself to you, and you don't want that to happen, which is why we say stay away from this stuff. Indeed. All right. Okay, so we're done. Well, thank you very much. Uh, I guess I guess we're done. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you very much, Bill. And uh, okay. Well, got well there is one okay. sentence left. If you want, there's one sentence left. There is one sentence left. He said, okay. um, "To that state, to that last question, he uh, says all the kids at the same time uh, were all worried that it would happen to their houses." <laughs> oh, well, I can. I, that's justified. I remember a lot of kids oh, yeah. on bikes and stuff out there. As a matter of fact, um, oh, uh, a fellow I. I um, like very much uh, personally, but whom I don't necessarily agree with on much, uh, John Zaffis, whom many of you have heard of, uh, was also a little boy outside that house. Oh, really? Because oh, I didn't yeah, know that. He yeah. was uh, uh, Lorraine's nephew, I oh, believe. Oh, right, right, right. And uh, I remember meeting him. I think he was uh, 12. At the, I don't uh, 12. I was 21. Uh, we came, I came out of the house, and uh, Lorraine introduced me to him, and, and he wanted to go into the house. This is how I remember it anyway. He wanted to go into the house, but Lorraine said absolutely not. So um, maybe you knew John. I don't know. Uh, with, as uh, Bill, as you uh, perhaps wrote this, maybe you were thinking of that too. So I don't know because that, that's um, it was an interesting case. I'll certainly never forget. And there have been others, not quite as not quite like it because the press were from all over the world was involved. But it was interesting. Okay. All right. We got, yeah, we we're we're almost out of right, time. Just, got... right, I'm not going to try anymore. Okay. Yeah, let's not try another one. <laughs> All right. So many thanks to our. Actually, do you want to do you want to talk about your books and Kindle and? Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, certainly, a lot of the things we talk about tonight you can find in my books. Uh, what do the What do the guys say in uh, Mothman Prophecies? Anything you want to know is in the book. Yeah. Uh, so I guess we would be on the radio. Uh, Turning home, God, Ghosts, and Human Destiny. Uh, my last, most recent book on this subject is available on Amazon uh, dot com, Amazon Kindle, Amazon or whatever, and beyond Barnes and Noble Nook, but. If you want to help us keep all our podcasts free, and a lot of them are have been uploaded now, um, I'm just going to borrow this. No, no, okay. I'm just I'm just kidding. You can have okay. it. No, I, I got was, it right here. I was uh, anyway, those are um, uh, help us keep them free. You can buy them at behindtheparanormal.com. Uh, there's a link to go to the book page, and you can see uh, four of my books there. And uh, if, you, if you buy them there, you can certainly uh, help us keep those podcasts free. Indeed. So many thanks to our producer Brandon Jackson, and we will see you right here next week, April 21st. When we will welcome Dr. Ann Kagan. Yes. Okay. Dr. Annie Kagan to uh, discuss the afterlife of Billy Fingers. 
That was what she called her brother. In case you're wondering what the title's about. Yeah, I was kind of confused by yeah. that. Um, anyway, in the meantime, tune into our Boston Providence Drive Time show on WON, 1240 a.m. on com. It's 6 p.m. Eastern Time every Monday. And check out, again, uh, all, I, I kind of, there are like almost 500 now podcasts of past shows that are currently being uploaded again. We have all of, as I say, all of 2013, all of 2012, most of 2011, and most of the Rendlesham shows. But we're going to keep going until everything's back, back again. And uh, if whoever the evil one was who destroyed the site, uh, don't let it happen again. And we will leave you this evening with a thought from, of all people, Walt Whitman. Not necessarily my favorite American poet. All goes onward and outward. Nothing collapses. And to die is different from what anyone supposed and luckier. That's, of course, from Leaves of Grass. So your name. So anyway, yeah. yeah, my name. I can't remember. I'm too old. I'm Paul Eno, and I'm Benny Eno. Thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey. We shall see you next time.